welcome to Relaunch Live Podcast. Relaunch Live Podcast. Talking all things real estate, the strategies that build it, and sharing their own life-changing growth plans. They are two of the most dynamic people in the business with one common goal. To make you rethink, reimagine, and be re-inspired in your life and business. Welcome to the Relaunch Live Podcast with your hosts, Veronica Figueroa and Jeff Lobb. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Relaunch Live Podcast. Jeff Lobb here and our co-host, Veronica Figueroa, could not be with us today. Um, so we, we will miss her. She had to step away, but I have an awesome, awesome guest. Um, we've got Caroline Goslin from New Jersey, too. So we got two New Jerseyites in the house. Hi, Caroline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I love awesome. that intro. That's awesome. Yeah, we do love it too. It's a little, little energetic to get us flowing and that's kind of hopefully, you know, the flair we give. So, um, so real quick um, today, um, we, you know, we want to talk about some specialty things, specifically um, some questions that have come in. So we brought Caroline in because not only she has the expertise um, on the topic, but also just well-known in the business and her growth. And so here's what happened. The good news is over the past couple podcasts, we've been getting some um, people hitting us up direct message on Instagram and hitting us up on Facebook Messenger. And we got about 10 or 11 different like questions like, hey, Jeff, hey, Veronica, um, thinking about a team. When do I start a team? What's the cost? And we took like four or five of those questions and said, let's just make this a podcast. So today's title will be like to team or not to team, right? That's the question. So we're going to kind of break down some of these questions. And I know you have we're going to talk about your structure, talk about some structures of people we coach um, and kind of break it down from there. But tell us real quick, your team, you're the experienced NJ team. Is that the official name of you guys? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Official name. So to team or not to team, um, I'll land, I'll ask the first question and then you and I'll kind of break it down. So sure. first one is simple. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm doing well in production this year. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, I need to start a team. I think, but I don't know where to start. I don't know the cost structure and who do I hire first? It's almost like a threefold question. So why don't you tell us first about your team and then we'll break it down to like, Hey, I'm brand new. Tell us how your team structure. Yeah. So, um, that is a, that is a common question. I've been there, done that, um, multiple times over. Yep. Um, and you know, you just have to kind of live through it because I don't think that there's like a, a blanket answer that fits everyone. I think you really have to kind of take stock of, where you are, what you need. Um, so, you know, when it first happened to me uh, initially, uh, probably like 10 years ago, my first move was to get um, an, an assistant. Um, mm. And, you know, today, would I have made the same decision? Would I have maybe gone for a buyer agent? I, I might have, you know, like it's, it's, there's, there's really no like one size fits all, but, um, but yeah, just to give you like a small recap. So about 10 years ago, I'd been in the business for about five years. I had moved to New Jersey, didn't know anybody kind of build up my, my new sphere, et cetera, started getting busy, hired an admin. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because we, my team name used to be called the Gosling group. Um, and we'd call each other the Gosling gang because it was just me and her <laughs> in the office. But we were, yep. you know, we were doing a lot of business. She really um, supported me in transacting a lot. Um, and then over the years, I then brought on um, a couple buyer agents, um, grew the team to about eight. Um, then 
merged my business with a business partner. We ran the team for about a year and then decided to part ways and then started from scratch there. Yeah. Um, and there I actually that time started with a buyer agent. Um, and then, uh, so I've, I've kind of done it all, Jeff. Like it's right. kind of- you know, I, I can totally, I totally feel that same, you know, evolution. I remember, right. you know, I remember when I first started a team really before they were even officially called teams or there wasn't too right. structure, right. My biggest, I'll tell you my biggest challenge. And maybe you faced the same thing too, was I felt like I didn't want to give up control yeah. of like giving my stuff, like my logins and my stuff to people to help. And I also didn't feel like I wanted to get up part of my revenue to pay some people. So I kind of had to get over myself real quick and realize that we're only one person and we can't scale or get any life balance until we get talented people to help us figure this out. So, you know, I guess my first choice today, and and I would be curious to your opinion, I would probably go for a really strong admin assistant to help keep me moving for the tasks that I'm really not good at. Um, If you had to pick one today, right now, like you're starting now, what would you go for first? Yeah, I would probably do the assistant because I think you're right. It's like you have to get out of your own way. Um, And there are just things that we do as agents that we should not be doing, Um, you know, and so like checking my email, you know, all of these things like a buyer agent can't do that for you. So I think like you it's it's important to kind of set the administrative foundation for you to grow. Um, And so I agree with you, I think the advice would go, would be to go for an admin first. Admin first. So the other question that kind of ties into that is, especially when it comes to buyers agents is how do we structure them to pay them? Um, How do we keep them busy? And then we could always talk about systems, but Hey, we bring on a buyer's agent and yes, we have overflow, but let's talk about how do we structure that, that arrangement? So, you know, I think every team leader does it differently. Um, You know, my, my main goal was never like I had, you know, a hundred thousand leads to give and I just needed bodies to give them to. Like that was never something that was enticing to me. My jam is I want to meet people who want to build their business and I want to mentor them to do that on their own. Um, And yes, can I give them leads along the way? Um, Yes. And I do. And my team does do get team leads. Um, But I think for me, like the most joy that I get is, is, bringing people on who are willing to build their businesses, who are willing to um, really create a, you know, a brand for themselves in their communities, be active, uh, reach out to their sphere, send out a newsletter and like really build them up um, and kind of be, you know, the, uh, you know, the platform on which they can do that. Um, so, you know, compensation structure really depends on whether they bring in business from their own sphere or they bring in, or they're working team business. Um, and again, I think if you asked a hundred people, uh, you know, how they compensate their buyer agents, you'd probably get a hundred answers. Right. Um, you know, for us, it's kind of changed over the years. I've learned that, um, you really have to kind of set a very transparent kind of chart of what it is, where, what they can move up to. Yes. Um, I think if people think that it's going to be static, um, they're going to feel like they have no place to grow. Um, and I learned that actually from Anthony Lamacchia. He's um, an agent, I think, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he was like, you, you can't keep your thumb on people. You know, you have to give them an aspirational kind of path. Um, and so for, you know, for buyer's agents, I think I would structure something where, 
you know, how, however long they've been with you or how many transactions they do per year, um, their split kind of gets better, you know, but it's, but it's across the board and it's transparent and it's yes. not just kind of a special split for this one and a special split for that one. Yeah. I think transparency is the most important because you don't want animosity, you know, same like one from a brokerage mentality too. It gets a little awkward sometimes of what splits people are on. Um, but let's just clarify that if you're in that team mode, there is a difference of, in most cases from the teams that we work with and you've seen too, is if I bring in my own business, there's one set of commissions from generating my own. And then there's another set if we're feeding the lead systems and lead sources to you, there's obviously a cost to that, right? So there's some kind of happy balance, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's good. The other thing you mentioned, which is really a strong point, is so many people are afraid to get their team members to be so strong that they actually could flourish on their own. Yeah. And you don't, you're never going to know that. You really can't, like I said, can't put the thumb down, right? Because we have to empower people yep. to build their lives. And, you know, there's team loss. Like you don't want to lose that amazing person. But at some point, that doesn't mean you have to lose them, right? There's other structures in the industry right now that if they become so good, they could become something else to you or connected to you or an expansion of you. Right. So let's talk about that. Some some brands, some companies have structure to allow partnerships or you know, expansion teams type thing. So yeah. do you talk about what your thoughts are. I mean, look, I spent the first, um, well, I've spent the last 14 years of my career at a traditional brokerage model. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the past few years has been a little, you know, it's, it's hard because you, when you do bring on team members and you encourage them to grow and you show them what you did to build your business and you show them the roadmap to do the same with their people, um, and support them doing it and collaborate and kind of, you know, show everything, my, my, you know, my secret sauce, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after a couple of years, they're ready to kind of, you know, spread their wings and fly out, you know, fly out of the nest and do their own thing. And that's happened to me a couple of times over the years. And, you know, it's hard because it is, it is an investment in time and money. Yeah. Um, but you know, at, at the traditional brokerage model, it's just, it's kind of, that's what happens. It's the same thing too, because they'll you know, fly out of the brokerage or they start their own franchise or whatever they do. Right. Right. So. And, um, and, you know, I just like Veronica always says, like, I'm happy that I was part of their journey. Um, and that I contributed to their growth and I, I wish them all the best. Yep. Um, and who knows our paths may meet again in the future. That's right. Um, but I think, you know, for somebody who, for agents who really are thinking long-term, like they're building a business um, they're not just being a realtor. Um, there are models out there. Um, there are new models out there that are really just make a lot more sense. Um, so I, you know, I just recently made a move and um, hence our new team name is the Experience New Jersey team. Yep. Um, but the compensation model here, it really is loosened up and gives me more latitude to compensate my team and incentivize my team the way that I want. Um, and to partner with different realtors in different ways. So there's kind of like a horizontal option and a vertical option. Mm -hmm. So the Experience New Jersey team for me is my core group of people who help me um, service my clients, my sphere of business that I've built up over the past 15 years. Yeah. Um, but then horizontally now this year, mm -hmm. Um, I want to build a collective of agents that are just like me, don't want to work under me, don't want to be a buyer agent, but agents who want to work beside me and be partners yeah. and build their own business um, and don't necessarily want to be, you know, under my name or under my team name, 
but they want to use the resources that we have to buttress them to build the same thing. And there are models in this industry now that are really incentivizing that and creating just a spirit of collaboration where I can pour into those people um, and they will still remain in the organization. And there are still benefits, mutual benefits from from me to them to remain partnered, um, but they can still kind of spread their own wings and do their own thing. I've seen it at many levels too, in different brands. You're right. Different brands are we're accepting that opportunity because if you have a talent, the goal is, you know, you hate to lose the talent. So find a better way to create an expansion talent or a partnership talent where they stay within your network and still leverage the, the sources that we all have. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough to be part of several interviews with um, Inman and the Inman team. And some of the questions they were asking for opinions and, and just to share some thoughts were, and I won't even be specific, but it's all public information online is what are some of the challenges some brands, specific brands are facing in the next you know, year or two that they need to work on, like not to be negative about it, but what are some of the hurdles? And a few things that I made mention of very strategically is a creating a structure in that company to be able to conform to teams because some either compensation models, structure, technologies don't really feel beneficial to a team. Um, and you can't really get competitive with pricing and, and compensation. Um, so that's one. And secondly, is just the culture of accepting that teams are going to be a force to yeah. not I mean, fight that. So Jeff, that's the biggest one for me. I think that traditional brokerages like need to see that that's not changing. And that is the future of real estate. And mm-hmm. it baffles me how many times I come across teams who left the traditional brokerage because their manager couldn't figure out how to make it work or whatever. So I think that, you know, the big names all need to really invest in, in, in training the managers and the VPs and the regionals to foster and know how to creatively work with teams um, and foster their growth so that not just the team leader, is the beneficiary, but that it works for everybody on the team and it's sustainable. Um, So I I think that that's, that's huge. Um, Going to Inman, Jeff? Um, This coming April, I'm not sure if I'm going to make that one. I may have some conflict since the date moved, uh, unfortunately. So a little bit of a kink in my side for that one because I just was out in the one in Vegas. And um, so there might be a little bit of a kink on that one. We'll find out maybe some virtual stuff if I have to, but I do. I'll send you my notes. I'm going. So please. Yeah. Thank you. And, And maybe it'll change, but. Um, so the, you know, the, the, there's some, there's some core business, business challenges in the real estate space too, when it comes to that. Some people, I say people, the industry, some, in some cases, the models can't shift because of overhead that's involved. They can't get skinnier on certain things. And let's face it, uh, truth to the, the brokerage world. And we work with a lot of brokers, you know, there's, um, compression of commissions. There's compression of, you know, how much money do I spend on Zillow and Realtor.com and everyone wants more splits and everyone wants higher this and, and it's getting really tight to make the almighty profitability. So we have to really, really work hard to get people to be profitable and that you hear you have teams that necessarily may carry some of the, the, the weight in expenses, but don't, aren't bared down by all of that overhead. So there's, there's teams that are, that's the pro of having a team versus a disadvantage. And I think if you're a broker in this world, you got to find a way to, to influence teams, to make sure they can stay under your, your umbrella to make that work. That's yeah. a big challenge right now in the industry. 
Yeah, I hundred percent. Um, and yeah, there is, there is a, a big compression, um, you know, and there's a lot of waste too, I think, um, in the traditional model. I mean, like, you know, let's talk real, real estate, like, you know, there, there are, um, t- since COVID, I mean, I, myself and my team, I mean, I think we go into the office, we meet maybe once a month. Mm. Um, you know, we are now at a cloud-based brokerage, mm-hmm. um, but we uh, really has not changed the structure of our team at all. Um, right. You know, we still meet on Zoom daily, you know, like- the, Right. I don't think that's, that's not going away. That I mean, is something big coming too. I mean, I think Ryan Serhant just announced like last week. I did. Week, I just saw. He yeah. just did his own virtual world. So I think that that is the future of real estate. Um, yeah. I know there's some companies that have, have been, you know, promoting that that cloud-based brokerage, um, you know, for a while now. And I think people are now catching on that that is the way of the future because realtors need to be out in the community. They need to be out with their clients. They don't, there's no reason to have, you know, 5,000 square foot buildings for realtors to come and plop down and, you know, go on Facebook. <laughs> right, right, right. So I think- well, yeah, and, you know, some may defend and say, look, you know, it's it's about camaraderie and office space. And I, I might say there's probably a good place to have a cultured place to have a huddle and to come together or to do some community-based stuff. But I don't think it needs to be that cookie cutter years ago, you know, 50 private offices and closed doors and, you know, anybody that even builds a new office today, and we've talked about this for five to 10 years, even if it is a smaller square footage, needs to be very um, Starbuck-like, sit and relax, come in. We're going to have, we could have a training here. We could have a meeting here. We can have a private conference room, but everything else is open and collaborative, right? Because even if we do have physical office space, we shouldn't be camped out there anyway. It should be in, spend some time there a few minutes and then bounce out. But I think it really needs to feel open anyway. And I'm seeing a lot of people evolve, even for teams, smaller but collaborative space just to get together for that stuff so you know i think there's that happy balance but i think definitely anyone brokerage team needs to shrink overhead we don't need that much private space anymore yeah so we need to agree and i think you know i think some agents are having a hard time kind of wrapping their head around that like some agents that i'm recruiting or you know so we don't have an office (laughs) Um, yeah. And it's, it's like, no, we don't really have a physical office. Um, we do have a co-working space that we can go to, um, but sure. uh, but we don't have like a, you know, a, a physical um, office, which by the way, our last office that we used was basically a storage room for our t-shirts, our signs, <laughs> our sign writers. Uh, it was like a depository. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that they're, they're, the, the industry is definitely changing um, and- yeah you know, we'll see where it all takes us. I I remember before teams were even really big. I remember talking to the brokerage world and I still would say this today is that same concept is, um, is just get more collaboration space, more comfortable space, more, make it like a living room, make it like, if you're going to go to a Starbucks and meet, just make your own Starbucks kind of in your own place. But also you want to be able to do little community events there. You want to be able to invite people. So if you're going to have something, but there are people that are not ready to just say, I am not disciplined enough or I can't sit in my home because I've got two homeschooling kids. I got dogs that are going to bark and they get freaked out and I get it. It's not for everybody just yet or maybe ever, but you know, the, the team evolution has come a long, long way. So let's break this down real quick. So um, the other question that came in on, um, on Instagram, actually, which I, it seems like Instagram people love to DM. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM. You've got our handles here um, or anytime we're doing the podcast. 
Um, well, actually, if you're listening, you won't see it. So I'm at Jeff Lobb for those who are just listening. And which one do you prefer, Caroline? Is it your the experience? The experience New Jersey team uh, is great. At the Experience New Jersey NJ team. Yeah. So if you have any questions, hit us up. Um, so here was the other question is, hey, I've, I've got a team going. Um, we're having su success at the buyer's agent level. Um, I'm now battling um, shiny object syndrome. I'm trying to figure out what systems to focus on, especially for leads and especially for um, keeping track of what I'm delegating out, which, you know, when you're paying for lead sources now to fuel the team, you know, there's a lot of cool systems. You know, everyone's selling you the best shiny thing. I have my favorites. I'd love to know if you don't mind sharing, like, what are you guys doing to manage your lead sources? Um, yeah, so the, it's a good question. And I've, you know, gone through different iterations of things that I use over the years. Um, but the shiny object syndrome is real. Like, it is real. You know? <laughs> yeah. The shiny object, the shiny system, the shiny conference, you know, like there's always something to, you know, to kind of blow your mind. But That's right. Uh, and for our particular team, so we uh, we just switched over to the Sierra Interactive website. Um, okay, so we yeah, they're pretty. Their CRM. Yep. Um, and we used to be with Chime. Okay. Um, and so we use that. And then for uh, transaction management, we use Monday.com. We just started using it. We love oh. it. Um, we yes. like it's just blowing our mind every day. We kind of find new uses for it. Um, and so those are, those are our main staple. I mean, with our team, we, we have Slack, so we have different chat, you know, Slack channels, okay. Slack channels for transactions, yep. um, as well. Um, I learned that one from Amy Youngren, like integrating your Slack with your Google doc, with your yeah. Google drive, like changed everything for us. <laughs> yes. Amy Youngren uh, so, is such a dear friend of mine. Um, yeah. for many, many years we worked together. So if you haven't checked out Amy Youngren, the North group. Yeah. Just a plug for her. She's quite amazing. So 100%. Yep. She's amazing. And, um, and she's, she's grown an empire over there, you know, yes, and has. so I, I love to pick her brain. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, that I think those are kind of our basic, like we, we put everything on Google drive. Um, okay. we use Slack for our daily communication, monday.com for project management, event yeah. management and transaction management. Um, and, uh, you know, Trello, we use Trello a little bit for like, um, social media content, um, that we okay. can then share with the team. Yeah. Um, are you, so a yeah. Can, are you a Canva person for your marketing yes, or yeah. everyone dives into Canva, right? So that goes without saying, I okay, that's almost like a standard you can't be a realtor and not use Canva. <laughs> right. It's almost, yeah. It's, it's funny now we used to talk about it like some shiny object, but now it's yeah. literally teams have made Canva their entire, like, this is our marketing department. Everything's yeah. in there. Um, but Monday.com, most real estate agents don't know much about it. Um, we use it as well. I'm sure Jennifer oh, cool. on the back end, Jennifer's our director of operations behind the scenes here today. She's probably like, yes. Um, um, you know, with her. What's that? I'm going to have to compare notes with her. Yeah. I mean, so we've, you know, we've used it strong in the beginning. Then we get a little quieter on it. But once you realize that it's the hub to me, you know what it was? I like simple, visual, colorful things. I need, I need a board. I need to see it in color. If it's not mobile on my phone, that's really clean. Not that Slack isn't, right? but I wanted more visual. Yeah. And I bit the bullet and I spent a little bit, uh, probably a good chunk of money on expansion of Monday. Yeah. But from file uploads to storage to all sorts of folders and stuff you could do, that's our go-to. So I'm, I'm impressed to hear that because not many people talk about it in real estate. Right. So, I know. It's awesome. Well, Jenna, my ops manager, I think might be watching. So she's probably been like, I told you so. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. That was like a good find for us running our <laughs> everything. We run everything, projects and, and our coaching clients all through there. Um, 
so the one thing I, I like the Sierra Interactive, the one thing we still see a lot of, and I, I'll share something new we started seeing a lot of agents do more of, is a lot of people use follow-up boss and stuff for the lead management system. Um, so to answer the question that came in is it's another system you can use for lead management. And I guess um, what we're finding is people are starting to use the dialer now built into follow-up boss to start making outbound um, calls and outbound messaging. And because you're, look, I don't want to have to go to another system, right? So um, we're finding a lot of people leveraging follow-up boss and the dialer built into Mac, Mac outbound stuff. Yeah, so I'll, I'll admit, like, I think that our team is leaving a lot of money on the table by not jumping on the dialer bandwagon, which by the way, it's, it's not new. And I feel no. ashamed and embarrassed to say that, but no. that is something that we're going to look into this year and start, start using as a pillar. Um, well, look, I think, I think a lot of us, and I just say this, I think the last two years and the, you know, when we went through, we're going through this craziness and what happened is some businesses in the universe are having miserable times and, and failing. And here's the real estate mortgage and title industry booming right? To where you can't keep up with clients. We fell off as an industry, the core basics of sales. Like we didn't have to get on the dialer and start trying to prospect, but this market's shifting and it will shift. And we got to get back to our prospecting methods, yeah. getting accountable to doing it. Or what's going to happen is you're going to find that people are getting listing inventory and you're not. And this is why that big chunk of the people that get into this business are out in five years is because they've never really learned to do the hard discipline work right. that has to be done. Right. So we're getting yeah, back. I, mean, I feel lucky because I joined the business in 07, yes. um, right when things were like, literally it was like crickets out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I cut my teeth on like short sales in Newark. Um, I was like prospecting expireds in Irvington, you know, like I, oh my God, God bless. I yeah. honestly, like I, I feel like it was brutal, but I feel lucky that I got to experience and learn the business the hard way because that market will come back, you know, there's cycles and everything and, um, I'll be able to, you know, adapt hopefully a bit better <laughs> than the average agent who's just like basically, you know, had it easy. And in this market, it's like, you know, yeah. You and that's why tells tomorrow. I mean, that's why NAR took on, I think I saw I, the, the number might be a hundred percent, but almost 400,000, 400,000 new real estate agents in the last like four or five years. Now that's not to say they're not going to be successful at, but we've seen some awesome people shifting, especially coming to teams too. the nurse that had enough of their role. And they shifted the school teacher that said, I'm not really built for this new way of stuff. I want to change my career. And some of them will be very successful because they have good networks of people, right? right? That's the core networks. And yes, even if you have a big base of referral based business, you have to understand that if you're not spending time taking care of that referral base, they will find somebody else because yeah. you become invisible in a few years. Yeah. So what you think is a good referral business, if not properly nurtured and taken care of, will dissipate without the right work. So we've got to find out how to deal with some of those challenges. And that's going to require, you know, yes, outbound dialing for new, but outbound dialing to have conversations with people that you do know. All right. Right. So, um, so cool. So and hopefully events, you know, I mean, part, part of our big, you know, strategy and, and what we love to do as a team is put on events, you know, put on yes. wine and cheese, open houses and client events. And of course, during COVID that kind of waned, but, um, you know, would love to get back to that. It is, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, maybe to kind of kind of put a bow on this for time purposes, but is, 
you know, we talk about doing events and doing community stuff. And some people say, well, I, you know, I thought real estate was just like showing homes and learning all this stuff about MLS. And no, really, you are not only a psychiatrist at times, you are an event planner because if you're not finding these events and you're right, the wine and cheese stuff, your goal should always be, how do I either get in front of new people every week or how do I get in front of the people who've always built, helped build my business? How do I give back to them? Yeah. And I think you're right. If you did an event a month, twice a month, and it doesn't have to always be something new. It could be trending with the holidays. You know, we have people that in the spring are going to find, we're going to hire the photographer for four or 500 bucks for the day. And we're going to do spring photos, bring your family, bring the kids to the park. We're going to take pictures for free and I'm going to make sure I take care of all of it. And we're going to do those things that get people out and about that make them feel part of a community. Yeah. That's what we are, right? So yeah. that's how a team can be very flexible and nurtured. So awesome. Um, any last thoughts of advice to someone starting a team? Um, uh, you know, I would say definitely have conversations with those that you, you know, if you want to have a team, it's because you're looking outward and you're, you're seeing other people doing it. So I, you know, reach out to those people and ask them like, how did they do it? Like, what are, what are their, what are their tips? I'm happy to speak to anybody. I don't have all the answers, but I'm happy to share my journey and my, my right. mistakes. mistakes. As well. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, really sit down and uh, create room to just kind of map out what it is exactly that you want. Like, what does a team mean to you? Um, where you want to take it, um, what your resources are, um, yeah. you know, and uh, that's the first step, really. I think I think in today's world, and I think maybe people are hesitant. You know, no one wants to really feel like they're a weaker person in the business. So if I ask somebody details, they may think I may not know or whatever. But you know what? We should all be vulnerable. We should all be open-minded. And there are so many humans in this business that are willing to share and give back and pretty much tell it like it is, you know, that's kind of what we do for a living. However, like, like yourself, you're here to share, you know, when I'm on with Veronica, it's always about like, whatever, ask us anything. We'll tell you anything. That's what I love about Veronica. She'll be like, we'll tell you exactly what system. We'll tell you how much stuff costs. We'll tell you, you know, the goal of any of this is great, um, great ideas, but you still have to go execute. You still have to find people to partner with. You still have to find people to grow with. And I think that's the beauty of finding the right people. Right. So. Yeah. And I would also just as a parting thought, say, don't discount coaching. Like I'm not here to plug any coach or whatever. I've had a lot of coaches over the years. They're all yeah. amazing. But if you want to start a team, like you may want to have a coach in your corner just to kind okay. of guide the way and hold you accountable. Um, yeah. That's that was huge for me. That is what we do. We, yeah. we you know, one of many, but, you know, we, that's what we do with teams pretty much is really help them focus on the business because the business gets crazy some days and you need to reel yourself in and understand like, what does 12 months look like when you can't think about tomorrow? We're trying to paint the picture right. of what you need to prepare for in 12 months right. because we want to make sure you succeed. So um, listen, on this note, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you personally for jumping on and spending thank your you. time with us. Um, you know, I, I do miss our Veronica. I can't wait to get her back here. I know you miss and her. Yes. We'll, we'll be able to do more collaborative stuff with our podcast. Um, but either way, thank you so much. And listen, if you're um, new here and you're just listening for the first time, you could find us on Apple, um, uh, Google, Spotify, YouTube, we're streaming all over the place. And if you have some suggestions or ideas, as we started today off with hit us up on social and we'll be happy to address those ideas and concepts coming forward. So on that note, thank awesome. you all for uh, listening and watching. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Good luck, everybody. Thank you. See you.
You've been listening to the Relaunch Live podcast, helping you rethink, reimagine, and be re-inspired in your life and business. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Find the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next time.